I want to begin today uh, with an actual, honest-to-God question for all of you to answer. Or try to answer, at least. So this wood beam thing, uh, I got it off of Facebook Marketplace, if you would believe it. Someone was selling this for $5. I know my wife couldn't believe it either. Uh, but on this side, there's got there's like nine little notches that have been cut into it, like this. It's a little worn, it's a little ragged on this side. It's got part of a, a drill something or another right there. And then you flip it around back. And this side is, is kind of worn smooth. And then up on this end, there is a metal inset ring that kind of pops out like this, a little rusted. Uh, what do you think this is? Something to do with slavery. I hope not, but maybe. A bottle opener. That, quite, a, quite a bottle. Quite a bottle. Any other ideas? Of what, the, what, the, what is this thing? What do you think? Something clean fish on. Something clean fish on. Oh, that's cool. Something clean fish on. Margaret? Oh, yeah, part of a trap. That's cool. Part of a trap door, right? You just lift it up like that on the ring. I like where your head's at. Rachel, did you have that? Yeah, tie dog to it. Yeah, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. Or a donkey. I tie my donkey to it if I had one. Sure. Any other ideas of what this thing is? Oh yeah, a yoke. Yeah, like that. I like that biblical metaphor. I love it. Matthias, you looks like you want to say something. You're shy now. That's all right. No ideas. Clothesline. Yeah. Well, I hate to break it to you, uh, I also have no idea what this is. Uh, I actually bought it because I, I'm doing a little bit of a decorating project at my house. I'm going to turn it into a coat rack. We're going for like American pickers chic in my household, industrial chic. It's all the rage right now. Uh, the person I purchased it from had a bunch of old farm tools, did not know what this is. My father collects old farm tools. He was here a couple weeks ago. He did not know what it is. Uh, and if any of you are on Reddit, I got on the, the subreddit of what is this thing? It's like 400,000 people who spend all their free time just identifying random objects. They did not know what this thing was. Uh, so its purpose has gone, just been kind of forgotten over the years. Although it looks really cool and it's going to make a nice little mantle, I think, for my living room. Let me set this over here. So interestingly... I think at least. What Jesus tells the Pharisees in today's reading, in the two run-ins he has with them as he's kind of bucking and disregarding their religious regulations that they have formed around the Sabbath, he says to them that the Sabbath has become to them kind of like this old beam. Right? It, it used to, back in the day, it used to have a purpose. Like people used to understand what it was meant to be for. It was made for a particular reason. But, Jesus accuses the Pharisees, you have all but forgotten what the original purpose of the Sabbath is. You've left it by the wayside, and you're using the Sabbath for something else. So let's jump into our story and see how we get there. Our reading today opens up on Jesus and his disciples walking through a, a field of grains. And as they're walking along, the disciples' stomachs begin to, 
to rumble a little bit. So as they're walking along, they start just plucking heads of grain and just popping them in their mouth. Kind of like the, the first century equivalent of Doritos. These are like cool ranch wheat heads that they're just popping into their mouth, mindlessly eating. Just having a snack. No big deal. Except, this is a very big deal. Because they're walking through this grain field on a Saturday. And Saturdays, of course, they are the Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath, all forms of work were prohibited. Now, even though the Old Testament does not specify what constitutes work and what does not constitute work, the rabbis of old had generated this pretty comprehensive list of 39 forms of work that were expressly prohibited on the Sabbath. And on that list, included on this list, of course, is the work of reaping, which was defined as the the cutting off or the plucking, actual definition, or the plucking of any growing thing. So as the disciples were, were walking through this grain field, plucking these heads of grain, they were brazenly breaking the law. And so when the Pharisees saw this, they were justifiably apoplectic. They were angry and outraged when they saw the disciples doing this. If you've ever driven through Davis Square and someone double parks and blocks an entire lane of traffic, right, brazenly disregards the law, right, that sense of outrage that you feel, and if you don't feel it, you just learned something about me, right, that, that outrage that you feel when that person is brazenly breaking the law, that is what the Pharisees felt when they saw the disciples going through and eating, plucking these grains. And so the disciples, they, they confronted Jesus. They, they said, Jesus, why are you letting your disciples do something illegal on the Sabbath? Pretty straightforward question. But Jesus, being the, the rabbi that he is, he does not give a straightforward answer, does he? Being the rabbi that he is, he responds to this question with a story. He reminds these Pharisees of a story from the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. And it's the story in which uh, the, the not yet King David is on the run from the King Saul, who is actively trying to murder him. And so as David is on the lamb, he ducks into the tabernacle, which we remember from our study of Old Testament. Is the It was a portable tent that functioned as the temple until they actually got around to building the temple. So he ducks into this, this portable temple and he talks to the priest in order to see if he can get some food for himself. And the priest says, you know, I'm really sorry, David. I recognize you're in a bind, but the only food we have in this tabernacle are these consecrated loaves. So that is loaves of bread that have been baked expressly for the use of, of being offerings to God. And by law, by law, those loaves of bread could only be consumed by a priest. He says, I'm sorry, but that's all we have there. But he looks at David, and he sees that he's in this moment of intense need, right? He's on the run, trying to be killed by the king. And so he has mercy on him. He recognizes his human need in that moment, so he says, laws be damned, here are all the loaves. Here are you five loaves of bread is what we have on this gold table. Take them all. And David did, and he had food. So Jesus then, he, rec- so he recalls this story to the Pharisees. 
And then he interprets it meaning to his current circumstance. And he says, the Sabbath was made for humans, not humans for the Sabbath. So he's saying religious ritual and regulations were made to meet human need, not the other way around. So if you have to choose between one or the other, religious ritual or human needs, Human needs will always, always, always come first. Now, we're not told exactly what the the fallout of this conversation he had with the the Pharisees was, but we can assume it didn't go very well because news of this event, we're told, spread through the entirety of the region of Galilee. Everybody knew this story. Everybody knew this radical position that Jesus was staking out on the Sabbath. But Jesus was not content to let sleeping dogs lie. So a few Sabbaths later, he walks into a synagogue. And in the synagogue, there happens to be a guy with a withered hand, a diseased hand, a hand that he could not use anymore. And also in this synagogue, there were a bunch of Pharisees. And they were watching and they were waiting as they saw Jesus walk in. Because they knew Jesus, the famous healer that he was, is he, going to, is he going to be able to resist healing this guy with the withered hand on the Sabbath? So they, they stood by and they watched Jesus walk in. And sure enough, Jesus walks in, immediately spots this guy with, with the withered hand and invites him to stand up in front of him. This man comes and stands up. And before Jesus heals him, he asks everybody in the synagogue a question. He says, is the Sabbath meant for good or is it meant for evil? Is it lawful to save life on the Sabbath or is it lawful to kill? It wasn't a rhetorical question. It was an actual question he put to everybody in the synagogue. And for fear of running afoul of these Pharisees, no one said a word. It was completely and utterly silent. Now, our translation today says that Jesus was upset by their hard-heartedness. Other translations say that he was fiercely angry at their hard-heartedness and their unwillingness to relax their religious ritual to, to help a person in need. But Jesus, nonetheless, nonetheless, he, he told the man to outstretch his hand and his hand was healed. But upon witnessing this miracle, the the Pharisees, this beautiful, healing, restorative miracle, the Pharisees ran out of the synagogue, and they began to hatch a plot that would ultimately lead to Jesus' destruction. Two stories about the Sabbath. Where does that leave us? Jesus, two times over, says that that you Pharisees, you have forgotten the original purpose of the Sabbath. The Sabbath, as it was instituted by God, was meant to be a day when everybody ceased their labor. Even your donkey wasn't allowed to work on the Sabbath. It was supposed to be a day of healing and restoration. It was supposed to be a day in which you could return to wholeness of mind and of body and of spirit. 
And he says, you Pharisees, you have forgotten the purpose of the Sabbath. And instead, you have become fixated on all these little rules and regulations that you have devised to help you achieve that purpose, if that makes sense. So so he's saying, in other words, that, that you have forgotten about the destination and you're instead, you're, you're fixated on the car that you are driving in order to get to that destination. Or I guess the more traditional way of saying that is you've missed the forest for the trees, right? And if you have grown up in the church, as I have, and I think many of you probably have, you may notice that, that this way of thinking is actually not all that unfamiliar, is it? Because church people, church people like us, we have a, a special way of forgetting what our purpose of coming here on a Sunday morning is. We, we, we have a special way of forgetting it. We have a special way of, of fixating on the vehicle we are driving to get to that purpose. On the building that we have built to help us achieve that purpose. About the songs that we sing to help us achieve that purpose. The prayers that we pray to achieve that purpose. We have a, but we have a way of forgetting about the purpose itself. That is why there, there are churches that have knocked down drag-out fights over the color of, of cabinet to purchase to hold church records. Should we get a black one or should we get a brown one? Knock down drag-out fights over this sort of stuff. What is the best kind of bean to serve at the church supper? Is it theologically appropriate to, to serve cran grape juice at communion? Or does it have to be straight up grape juice? What is the appropriate length for a pastor's beard to be? What is the best kind of coffee to serve down at coffee hour, Starbucks or Folgers? What kind of, what picture of Jesus should we hang in the foyer of our church? If you've seen many pictures of Jesus, you know they're all pretty horrible. So probably neither. But these church, P.S., those are all actual conflicts that have happened in actual churches in the United States reported by Twitter users. So these have all happened in like the last five years. These are real things that people fight about because we have forgotten. Church people have a way of forgetting of what our real purpose here is, just like the Pharisees in today's reading. So what is it? Why? Are we here? This is what, why I think we're here, and more importantly, this is why I think Jesus thinks we're here. We are here week after week to be told, to be convinced, to be reminded that yes, yeah, You are more sinful than you realize, than you want to realize. But, and, you are more loved. In Christ, you are more loved than you can possibly ever imagine. That love is our point. That love is our purpose. May we never forget it. Amen.